Welcome to the Drop Punters podcast, where we launch into all things NFL fantasy from down under. My name is Jasper Chalper, and I'm joined by Ben Felosi. Oh, Ben, you're through to the grand final. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, to be fair, I'm pretty happy I would have made it, um, even though obviously the, you look at the circumstances, I kind of lucked my way in there with you obviously not having, <laughs> uh, you, you putting Elijah Mitchell on who didn't play. So Did not play. <laughs> I was a little bit lucky. Obviously, I did have Cooper Cup who put up a massive score, who pretty much carried my team into the final. So um, hopefully my team can perform better in the final against Todd um, this week. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy uh, to be there. Yeah, well, we came into that uh, matchup kind of needing, what What did you need from Cooper Cup? About 17.2 points or something like that on Wednesday morning. Uh, yeah, and I think it was around that, yeah. He went ahead and put up 34-odd or something, um, just doubled that casually. And, <laughs> you know, even if I did, you know, play someone else over Elijah Mitchell, probably it would have been Clyde Edwards-Solaire, I think. Um, you still would have won. So uh did luck your way into that one. I think um, just having Cooper Cup is is just huge. I think there's going to be a lot of grand final teams with Cooper Cup in their squads because um, what he's been able to do. Um, the, the first half of the year was probably Derek Henry's uh, MVP, and then the second half has definitely been Cooper Cup's MVP because he's just been unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's um, nine weeks in a row or something. He's had a hundred plus um, receiving yards, which is just Jesus. absolutely ridiculous to think about. I think he, um, the last play to do it was Odell Beckham in 2014. So um, he's having some sort of season uh, this season wow, at the moment. Well, how did your calls from last week go, Ben? Uh, they were nothing was sort of stood out as like like an amazing call, but I guess they went all right. So for my starts, I had Javante Williams, who put up 10.1, and it wasn't as big of a score as I expected because he had been hitting those sort of mid-teen scores, but still was a very solid game, had 72 rushing yards and had four receptions, but didn't find the end zone as he had in previous weeks. But I think it was still a, a pretty sort of decent score, and I think he still got a lot of upside. My other start was Darnell Mooney, who had five receptions and 63 yards for 9.1 which wasn't, again, another sort of horrible score. But we, as I mentioned last week, he does seem to put up better numbers and get much more yards when Andy Dalton is at quarterback compared to Justin Fields. So I think that that's the, um, a guy to watch there, depending on who the, is at quarterback for uh, the Chicago Bears. And then with my benches, I had some pretty bold calls last week. I did say DK Metcalf and Saquon Barkley. Yes. Um, Metcalf had 8.2 which is, I guess, it would still be sort of what, under what you would expect from him considering he was sort of a first or second round draft pick. But yep. he had the six receptions and 52 yards, uh, but still wasn't able to hit the double digits. And he probably had a better game than what I thought he would, especially with uh, Jalen Ramsey um, back as well. But uh, still, I think that, you know, fancy coaches would be wanting a bit more from a guy like that. And then Saquon Barkley had 7.4, wasn't able to back up the 7.10 he had the week before. So he had 15 carries and 50 yards plus four catches for 24 yards. And I think he's still underperforming as well for another guy who was a first round draft pick. And, you know, you'd, you'd be wanting that a guy like that. He's probably a running back one to be hitting the double digits. But yeah, another sort of, I guess, um, not overly productive game from him. But uh, how did your calls go? Yeah, well, obviously we record, record these on, on Thursday nights. 
um, ahead of the Thursday night footballs, which is Friday morning for us in Australia. Um, and then you've obviously got your Monday morning games. But uh, my starts were DeAndre Swift and Jalen Waddle. Neither of those two played. DeAndre Swift was was kind of sad again um, off that injury. And then Jalen Waddle was added to the COVID list um, on Friday our time. So that wasn't ideal for my two starts. However, my two benches were pretty good. Chase, Chase Claypool. Now, I said... He's not in the good books of the coach. He's not in the good books of his teammates either. And that that kind of showed he had 1.9, zero catches. Um, that 1.9 points came off some rush attempts. But Chase Edmonds was my other one, and he only had the 5.3 coming back from injury. It should have been less as well. He only had six rushes and one target in the air. Um, I'm surprised he actually got to the 53 yards on the ground. It's pretty impressive numbers from him um, just off those six rush attempts. I think uh, James Conner is just going to dominate that backfield from now on for, for the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm not sure Chase Edmonds can be started at all through final series. So overall, I think I think it was a pretty good um, week in the end. J.J. Swift and Jalen Wall, obviously, you've got to pay attention to those um, guys not playing like Elijah Mitchell last week. I did not pay attention to that one at all. Trying to punt it away for Auburn. He can kick the ball again, so he's a good kick. Let's get into our Sipos' starters, the players we're getting on field, because they're going to go big this week. Now, Ben, give us a running back who you'll be starting this week. Um, so I've picked this guy off of our waiver wire, and it's Miles Sanders. <clears throat> so they'll be um, coming up against the Giants, and I, he's had some really good weeks in the last of the two games he's played. He's come off scores of 15.7 and 15.6, surpassing 100 rushing yards in both of those games. And even with, I guess, the worries at Philly with sort of the committee at running back and Jalen Hurts sort of rushing the ball a bit as well, he's still been averaging good yardage per rush when he has had the attempts getting to five, six yards uh, per rush, which is obviously massive um, because it really helps to boost his score pretty quickly. Um, And at the moment, the Eagles are currently playing a very heavy run offense, which I guess also suits uh, Sanders. Um, so it gives him plenty of opportunities to put up points and you know, be productive. So I think that he's sort of due for another productive week this week. The Giants haven't really been that great at defending the run over the season. And um, this is a really important game for the Eagles as well for their playoff hopes. As I think they said it's seven and seven. So they're just on the edge of you know sneaking to the wild card spot. So I think that they'll definitely be up and about and you know want to beat the Giants. And I think they've proven that running the ball um, has has sort of been a, a, a recipe to sort of see success. Yeah, I think they finally worked that out. Um, going through, you know, the first half of the season, even into the second half of the season, uh, Miles Sanders was getting, you know, six or seven rush attempts throughout the entire game, you know, game script as well. But I just don't think Philadelphia realised that, you know, if they were going to run the ball, it's going to open up things for Jalen Hurts. Um, he can start some QB reads. He can, you know, throw into man coverage, not just zone coverage every single time. Um, so, yeah, I think they've started to figure it out. And the Eagles are a sneaky playoff chance still as well. Uh, you've got a, another guy that, you know, would have been on the waiver wise for a lot of leagues as well, who could be a huge fantasy differential coming into the playoffs. Yeah, Russell Gage has really sort of come into his own in the last month. He's had some massive scores, 15.2, 16.5. Then ended 8.4, but then back it up last week with 19.1. And he's pretty much the wide receiver one at Atlanta at the moment. He's proven to be Matt Ryan's favorite target. You know, he gets he gets a lot of the pass attempts. And the fact that they're averaging 35.2 pass attempts a game and with Gage hitting double digits in targets, 
so that the past few weeks, he's pretty much getting targeted on around 30% of the pass attempts from um, Atlanta and Matt Ryan. So I don't think there's any question there that the you know, the opportunity is going to be there. He's going to go get the the um, targets and everything. So there's definitely plenty of opportunity for him to you know, put up similar scores again. Um, they're coming up against Detroit. He's got sort of a questionable secondary. So I expect Gage to have another sort of productive week. Um, and I think that he's sort of a guy that you can sort of sneak into that wide uh, wide receiver two spot or even that flex spot because I guess at the start of the season, you know, you probably had um, better guys that you picked up in those spots and Gage is sort of, you know, being the guy that was probably sitting on the wave of life for most of this season and now um, anyone that picked him up, you know, probably got you know, a, a massive difference maker in their team uh, coming into the playoffs. Yes, yeah, so he's been huge since Calvin Ridley went out and, you know, the Falcons have got two really good wide receivers if Calvin Ridley is able to come back fit and firing next year. Um, what Russell Gage has been able to do throughout the last kind of month has been really, really impressive. And, you know, against my 49ers last week, he caught some balls where, you know, he was he was no chance, I, I thought, you know, when it was in the air. And um, he's just able to contort his body and, and land in bounds is, is really impressive what he was able to do as a wideout. Now, my two starts... Um, I'm going to go with the QB first. And he's a guy who's, you know, been really down on form in the second half of the season. Dak Prescott was probably, you know, the first in the first five or six QBs taken off the board. We saw what he did before his injury last season. Um, and we were hoping for more of the same this year, but probably hasn't eventuated um, to the extent that we would have hoped, but he's coming up against the Washington football team. And this, this defense has, has been the worst against QBs in the league. Um, and, and the Cowboys are now fighting for playoff seeding with that chance at the top seed that the Packers currently hold in the NFC. I just think there's too much quality on this offense, and he's, he's shown Dak down the stretch. You know, he, he's just he's too good. Um, he's going to bounce back eventually, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for him to do so. So if you draft him with your with your first QB pick, um, and you've been sitting him the last couple of weeks because he hasn't been producing the the goods, I think it's time to get him on field and trust what you why you drafted him and and the type of player that Dak Prescott is. Um, yeah, just touching that as well. They're also, Washington's also one of the worst teams against wide receivers as well. So there's plenty of points there for quarterbacks and wide receivers against them. So I guess it sort of goes hand in hand. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. I reckon that Dallas, um, not just Dallas in general, but Dak Prescott's due for you know massive game um, and sort of getting a bit of that mojo back heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and my second one my, is a wide receiver, Marquise Brown now. Hollywood's the type of player that you know, he can go out and win you the week's matchup all on his own. And I think that's the type of player that you need to be starting in, in your playoffs. You can't have 25 points sitting on your bench from one player. You know, his downfield threat is as good as anyone in the league. We don't know yet if it'll be Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley as the QB, but it also didn't seem to matter last week, Ben, with you know 14 targets for 10 catches from Huntley, who was absolutely extraordinary. Um, I probably expect Hollywood to increase his yards per reception because it was down at like 4.3 last week. But uh, I think this, you know, this week he could possibly find the end zone, get downfield. And Tyler Huntley, you know, he trusts him now. He, he targeted him 14 times already. Um, yeah, definitely the, the, the chances are there to be able to go put up the points. So, yeah, I don't see any reason why you know, he wouldn't have, you know, if he's going to be getting the ball, you know, double digit times, there's no, no reason for him to you know, not be more productive because, you know, 4.3 yards is pretty strange from a wide receiver to be you know, averaging. Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata. Now we've gone through our starters, Dak Prescott, Marquise Brown, 
Miles Sanders and Russell Gage. Let's get on to our My Lighters matchup. Miss the players will be sitting on our benches this week because they're going to have absolute stinkers. Firstly, Ben, a tight end um, from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, Mike Gusecki. I don't, I'm not really a fan of what I've been seeing from him sort of over the second half of the season. So obviously we know at the start of the season, he was one of the sort of the best tight ends. He was putting up, you know, really good numbers and everything, but he hasn't really um, kept that going sort of since week seven, where that was the last time he hit double digits and last time he did score a touchdown. So um, the Dolphins, we have seen that sort of moved away from targeting him and they've looked to, you know, use Jalen Waddle more in the second half of the season. Um, and the matchup as well that they have coming up against the Saints, who are the ninth best defense against tight ends, you know, only makes it tougher for him. He's been getting about 40 to 55 yards a game plus four to six receptions. So he's getting scores sort of around you know, between seven to sort of nine most weeks. But if the Saints, you know, uh, are really that good at defending against tight ends, um, there's any every chance, you know, he could have a similar game to what he's having and get a score around nine or drop off and get a score around five. And I think that in the playoffs, you need to maybe make a bold sort of decision, um, you know, and and look to go and maybe bring in the guy who's got a bit more sort of uh, that sort of boom or bust potential. And I think there's guys on the wave of eyes like a, a Cole Kevin or David Njoku or even like a Hunter Henry who they may be a little bit more risky where they might just bottom out and not give you a lot of points. But those are the type of guys who are much more likely to find the end zone and maybe sort of have a bigger week as we have seen from them where sort of every now and again they do, you know, have a sort of pretty productive week. Um, so I think it's sort of crucial in the playoffs to to maybe, as you said before, with um, Marcus Brown, you know, you, you've got to go take risks and stuff and you can't, you know, leave guys on your bench or leave guys on your field who aren't really, you know, haven't really been putting up, you know, much points at all. And especially with Waddle back this week as well. I think that, you know, it's going to be hard for Gusecki to go get involved because we saw last week, he only had, I think, eight points. Um, and that was with no Waddle as well. So yeah, I think that he sort of maybe won to, to just go and stay clear of, or maybe, you know, make a move and try and get someone who's going to give you a few more points. Yeah. This Dolphins offense has been firing in the last six or seven weeks. I think they're seven and oh in the last seven. Um, but Marcus Sicky probably hasn't been a part of that as you, as you said, and as you kind of laid out there, Ben, um, a running back who's been on our starts, been on our bench, um, been pretty prevalent throughout this entire podcast series this season. Uh, Damian Harris is going to be a bench for you this week. Yeah, I think that obviously the Patriots are playing the Bills and we know that the weather's you know going to be pretty cold and stuff. So, I mean, obviously you know what happened last time with the Patriots just ran the ball the whole time. But I think that, I don't think they're going to have the exact same game plan this time. I think it would be you know a bit sort of foolish to do the same thing. Um, obviously, bold, um, so the Bills would have been uh, preparing for that. So I think they will be throwing the ball a bit more. And even if you look at that last game they had where obviously Harris had a really good game, 111 yards, and a touchdown, but he did it off of 10 carries. And a lot of that came from that 60 yard plus touchdown that he did have. Um, so, you know, you take that away, he only sort of had nine carries for around 50 yards off actually even 40 yards. Um, and also I, I, you have uh, Ramon De Stevenson there, who's going to be you know, sharing the touches with him. So I think that he's probably one to maybe avoid as well. Um, he's coming off a hamstring injury, which kept him out of last week. So he you know, won't be a hundred percent. And, that Bills defense has been pretty solid this season at stopping the, the run game. They haven't really allowed, you know, massive points in the run game, except for, I guess, that one Patriots game where they did run the ball a lot. So 
you know, the Bills will be out with a point to prove. And I don't think they're going to allow the Patriots to beat them again just by running the ball, you know, 40, 50 times. Yeah, it surely cannot go the same way as that Buffalo game. Um, and we'll talk about that matchup a little bit later on because it is one of the great ones this week. Uh, for me, Melvin Gordon's going to be my first bench coming up against Las Vegas. Now, Javante Williams was a start for you last week. Um, and Melvin Gordon's going to be a bench for me this week because it is just a pure committee in Denver. And Javante Williams is looking really good. Um, Gordon's probably been a little limited with his injuries and he didn't practice on Wednesday. He was a limited participant yesterday. Um, it's probably only expect probably 15 carries from him, which was last week's number. I, I don't think that's enough to justify starting him this week. Uh, he probably doesn't get enough work out of the backfield for mine. And it's just, it's just a low upside start for mine. If you are going to start Melvin Gordon um, uh, for me coming into maybe, maybe you're in a semifinal, maybe you're in a grand final of your playoffs right now. I think there are potentially better options for your running back if you've made it this far. Now, the other one for me is Daryl Henderson, who was, you know, one of the great um, steals of the draft through the first, you know, 10 to 12 rounds. But since his concussion, since Sonia Michelle started to get a look in, he's, you know, he's come back from injury with six carries last week. And there just isn't a huge reason to suggest he'll increase his workload significantly this week. Um, coming against Minnesota, Sony Michelle has finally got it going for the Rams. Um, and I think it'll be a committee from here on out for the Rams. Um, and, and just quickly, another, a third running back um, that uh, you want to be looking at benching right now is Dalvin Cook, who's just been placed on the COVID list. So uh, Alexander Madison will get another big role in that one. Um, but yeah, Dalvin Cook, get him off your field. Unfortunately, I don't expect too many Dalvin Cook owners to be to have made it through to the grand final because he has just been injured the entire season, which is pretty unfortunate for people who will be taking with, you know, pick two or pick three in the draft. Uh, you're definitely the um, Daryl Henderson pick as well. Uh, we did talk about Sonny Michelle earlier this season where we were saying that, you know, he was a guy who did have massive upside, but he just did really get his opportunity. And obviously we've seen now that he did go get his opportunity, he's been absolutely killing it um, for the Rams as well. So, um yeah, I definitely do like that pick because it's it's just going to be hard to see how they can sort of both coexist in that same team, especially with the Rams obviously passing the ball a lot um, as it is. Well, that, that would just about do us for our benches then, I think. Um, Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, uh, as well as the cheeky Dalvin Cook in there, Mike Kosicki and Damian Harris. What are we most looking forward to this week, Ben? I know you'll be keeping a keen eye on your pats. Uh, yes, that's obviously the main game I'm looking forward to this week. I'm just interested to see what the Patriots' sort of game plan is and how they, um, you know, sort of approach the Bills um, this week. Because I, I know the Bills are going to be out. They're going to want to, they're going to, you know, they, they're going to be sort of hungry to sort of, you know, right the wrong from from last week. Oh, not last week, last time they met up. Um, and I'm just, I'm just interested to see if the Patriots, you know, pass the ball a little bit more, sort of how it works. Um, if the Bills maybe run the ball a little bit more than what they did last time. But I think it's going to be a, sort of a massive matchup and obviously could have massive uh, Im implications for the sort of playoff picture in the AFC. And then the other sort of, I guess, game I'm looking forward to is the Rams-Vikings game, purely just because of Cooper Cup. Um, now the Vikings allow the most points to wide receivers uh, this fantasy season. So I'm sort of keen to you know see Cooper Cup obviously have another big game because I think that, um, he, he's going to make a massive difference in my, in my matchup this week in the, in the final and you know, could maybe potentially win me the game because I think at the moment he's projected to get 20 points. So, yeah. 
That's going to be a big matchup against Todd and, and Cooper Cup projected 20 points. That's unders, in my opinion, should be projected about 25, the the rate he is going at right now. Um, for me, how can you go past the Jets and the Jaguars? Monday, 5 a.m. Eastern Coast Standard Time. Uh, I just think this is going to be one of the great games of the NFL fantasy season. Uh, there's just so many good players in there. Zach Wilson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. How, it doesn't get much better than the, the first two picks in the draft going head-to-head, tanking like all hell right now. The Jags are projected to pick up the first pick in the in the draft this year as well. That's how bad they're going. Um, and if they didn't play in London, I think they wouldn't win a game all season as well. For real, I think the Cardinals and the Colts will be a good matchup. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Cardinals bounce back after that shock loss to, to Detroit last week. Um, and the Colts are kind of firing behind JT. He's looking absolutely amazing, you know, almost an MVP caliber season from him as a running back. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. That's a nice Sunday afternoon game for, for us in Australia. Um, and then other than that, the Patriots and the Bills, man, This is a, that was just one of the crazy games um, a few weeks ago in that absolute blizzard in Buffalo. Um, I'm excited to see what, what they dish up this week because uh, these are two really, really good teams and the Bills desperately need a win. They are, they're only just above 500 right now. Um, yeah, and the, just the playoff pitch, I guess, in both divisions at the moment is just crazy with the amount of teams that are you know, just on the edge of making wildcard spots. Um, you know, we know that in the NFC, you've got the Eagles, you've got um, Denver, you've got the Raiders. And then in the AFC, you've got teams like, you know, the Steelers, the Bengals, um, all this. And even, I think I saw the the way it would look if the playoffs started today. I think the craziest thing is that after, you know, the start to the season they had, the Chiefs are currently the number one seed in the AFC. So yeah. I think after everyone's sort of riding them off at the start of the year and going, you know, are the Chiefs sort of done or they passed it? They're now the number one seed in the AFC. So I think that this has just been a crazy NFL season. And um, and I, the, the way that sort of the next three weeks are going to shape out is going to, you know, be really exciting to watch. Well, good luck to all you fantasy footballers out there in the playoffs right now, whether it's a grand final or a semi-final or, you know, a, a two-week series against one of your mates. Um, ben, hopefully you get the Chockeys over Todd in our league, in an inaugural league um, to, to take out. In, in 2021, they'll be pretty exciting to, to keep up to date with. Uh, follow us at DropPuntersPod on Twitter and theintersection.com.au is where you can go for all your fantasy football content. We're looking forward to week 16 of the NFL fantasy season and we'll see you on the other side.